Amen. You never know. You never know whose life is going to be touched. Whether through missions, through home missions, through local churches and assemblies, whose lives. You can't put a price tag on a soul. You never know what's going to happen when that person, one of these little kids may grow up and become a minister. You never know what they're going to become in life, you know, and stuff. And investing in them, investing in them, amen, is worth it all. I mean, and and to our Sunday school department, you know, I know you probably don't get the credit you deserve, but wow, what you're putting in children, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure when I first got saved, there used to be this song that they used to sing all the time, I dream I went to heaven. And you were there with me, you know, and it gets to talk about you were my Sunday school teacher when I was only eight, you know, three or something like that. But anyhow, I I think about that song a lot, you know, that, you know, I, I still remember my Sunday school teachers. You know, and the stuff that they put in us, our our church I grew up in was about this size. And, you know, we had we didn't have a downstairs or any place. So. We had Sunday school all in the same area. You know, the teens was back over here in this corner. The adults was over here in the amen corner. You know, the juniors was back over here and the primaries was over here. So, you know, so everybody was in the same place. But I remember those good days talking about the Lord. And and here we are all these years later, you know, still talking about the Lord. Amen. You never know what's going to happen. But so teachers, let me say so much. Thank you so much for your preparation and preparing and teaching our children. Amen. And I mean, it, it, it makes a difference. Amen. In all that we do. Amen. So let me encourage you to continue to pray and give to the kingdom of God in all that we do. John chapter 16 this morning. John chapter 16. It's good to have Sister Linda's granddaughters with us. Amen. This morning, we're so glad you ladies are with us this morning. Amen. And all of you. Amen. John chapter 16. Starting with verse 28 through verse 33. His disciples said, I came forth from the Father... And I'm come into the world. Again, I leave the world and go to the Father. His disciples said to him, Lo, now speak thou plainly, and speaketh no proverb. Now are we sure that thou knowest all things, and needeth not that any man should ask thee. By this we believe that thou camest forth from God. Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Behold, the hour cometh, yea, is now come, that ye shall be scattered, every man to his own, and shall leave me alone. And yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. These things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Amen. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And I want to minister to you from this thought today. Three ways. To overcome the world. Three ways to overcome the world. Pray with me again. Father, thank you. Thank you so much for your love. Thank you so much for your kindness, God, and grace and blessings that you have bestowed upon each and every one of us. And God, we know that you know all things before we ever asked of thee, O God. And you know those that are sick today, Lord, those that have pain, those that have questions in their minds, O God. 
But Lord, this world is not our home. We're just passing through. As the song says, our treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue, O oh God. And we are preparing our hearts and mind, Lord, to one day reign with you where there be no more pain, no more suffering, O oh God. We're thankful again this day, God, for your goodness. And Lord, when we leave this place, let us leave changed and renewed and refreshed in the power of the Holy Ghost. And we would give you glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated. Praise God. Three ways to overcome the world. The gospel of St. John is considered by some to be the deepest and the most spiritual book in the entire Bible. It is Jesus giving us a more complete revelation of himself as almighty God than any of the other gospels. John, who is recorded with writing this book, recorded eight miracles of Jesus, and including his resurrection, that you do not find in the other Gospels. Number one, the turning of water into wine. Amen. John only brings this point out. The healing of the nobleman's son in chapter 4, verse 46 through 54. The healing of the man at the pool of Bethesda in chapter 5, verse 1 through 9. The man born blind in chapter 9, 1 through 7. The raising of Lazarus from the dead in Luke chapter 11. And the second drought of fishes found in chapter 21, verse 1 through 6. As you look at John's gospel, John's main purpose of his book seemed to be to inspire in you and I more faith in Jesus Christ. And so today, that's what I want to do, is to inspire faith in Christ in you. As we know, the Bible tells us in Romans ten seventeen that faith comes by hearing, and it comes by the hearing of the Word of God. Jesus, talking to his disciples, he began to tell them to draw their minds to the value and the importance of not putting stakes down in the world. He said to them, in the world, you will have tribulations. Amen. So, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So if Jesus has overcome the world, he wants you to overcome the world. He lets you know that in the world, if you stay in the world, if you stay a part of the world, you have the potential to be destroyed. Amen. That out of the world comes evil and harm and trouble and problems and misfortunes and trials and suffering and pain. Knowing these things, I, I would think we would wake up and realize, I don't want any of that. I want my life to be rooted and grounded in Jesus Christ. Amen. This is what you can expect, Jesus says, if you stay in the world. Some people are facing these things because they refuse to let the world go. No matter how much preaching and teaching they hear and receive, they still are blind at the truth. Paul says, uh, if this gospel be hid, it is hid to them who are lost and whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest the glorious gospel of Christ should be revealed to him. You see, Satan wants you to stay blind at the truth because he can keep you in the world and begin to apply these things to your life. Amen. Paul says to Timothy, he says, Demas have left me or abandoned me or deserted me for this present world. Amen. In other words, Demas has fallen in love with the world. Amen. Demas has captured hold of this present world and he, he's put it in his heart and he, he's put it in his mind and he's put it in his thinking and he's allowed it to infringe upon the destination of the truth which he was given that would have led him to Jesus and began to cause him to be at peace in his life. But now he loved this world and as a result he has abandoned at me. Amen. Peter tells us, he said, the Lord know how to deliver the godly out of temptation and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. 
but chiefly them that walk after the flesh and the lust of uncleanliness and despise government presumptuous are they self-will. They are not afraid to speak evil of dignities, whereas angels which are greater in power and might bring not railing accusations against them before the Lord. But these as natural beasts made to be taken and destroyed speak evil of the things that they understand not, and shall utterly perish in their own corruption, and shall receive the rewards of unrighteousness, as they that count it pleasure to ride in the daytime. Spots they are, and blemishes, spotting themselves with their own deceivings while they feast with you, having eyes full of idolatry, and that cannot cease from sin." Beguile and unstable souls and heart they have exercised with covetousness practice. Cursed children which have forsaken the right way and are gone astray. Fallen the ways of Balaam, the son of Bozor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness, but was rebuked for his iniquities. The dumb ass speaking with man's voice forbaded the madness of the prophets. These are wells without water, clouds that are carried with tempest, to whom the mist of darkness is reserved forever. For when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they are lured through the lust of the flesh, through much wantonness. Those that were clean escaped from them who lived in error. While they promised them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. For of whom a man is overcome, of the same is he brought into bondage. For it, if after they had escaped the pollution of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome. The latter end is worse with them than the beginning. For it had been better for them not to have known the ways of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandments delivered unto them. But it has happened unto them according to the true proverb. The dog is turned to his own vomit and the sow that was washed to her waller and mire. Amen. Peter lets us know that people that once like Demas uh, walked with God and walked in truth has now returned to the world. But Jesus Christ has come and He has shown you and I that He has overcome the world and therefore when He puts His Spirit in you, you too are to overcome the world. There's something about this world that's keep pulling and keep tugging at your heart to pull you away. Jesus said, Satan is walking around as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. His goal is to pull you back into the world. So if you be in good cheer and realize that Jesus has overcome this world, you too should be able to overcome this world. Amen. Praise God. You can stay in the world and allow it to snow you under, or you can fall in love with Jesus. And be at liberty. Amen. If you were to just stop for a moment and look around you on the outside, you can see and you can hear all the world's problems and situations that they're going through and what has taken place. Deaths, sickness, all these things, killing, cheating, lying, murder, all are in the world. Think about it. So why would you and I, who are born again of the water and the Spirit, not run from it? Why do I want to stay in the world? Why do I want to put my roots down in this place? As the song we sung, this wall is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels are beckoning me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh, Lord, you know I have no friend like you. If heaven is not my home, then 
Lord, what will I do? The angels are beckoning me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Jesus told Pilate, he says, this, my kingdom, is not of this world. Amen. And your kingdom must not be of this world. Jesus says, where your treasures are, there will your heart be also. Amen. And my heart is not going to be in this world. My heart is beyond the blue. My treasures are laid up somewhere else. Amen. If you want trouble, stay in the world. If you don't, come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord. Amen. Number one, how to overcome the world. One, love not the world. John says in 1 John 2, 15 through 17, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abided forever. See, Paul says, Demas has left me. He's fell in love with this present world. And the Bible plainly tells you and I, love not the world. Amen. Because why? It's full of problems. It's full of harm. It's full of evil. It's full of things that will destroy you. And so God is saying through His Word and through His prophet, don't love the world. The world will draw you your heart away from God. It'll keep pulling. It'll keep tugging at you. Amen. But where you won't be able to love God at all. And we already heard, if you don't love God, you're not going to love anybody else. Amen. The world will draw and pull your heart. Jesus said, lay not up treasures on earth for rust and moth corrupt and thieves break in and steal. But lay up treasures in heaven. Because where your treasures are, there will your heart be also. Lay it up where you're going, not here. Don't focus on this place right here, right now. The lust of the flesh, he says. Amen. Paul says in Romans 7, 7, I didn't even know that lust was a sin until I read in the law, thou shalt not covet it. Amen. We got to realize that the lust of the flesh is wrong desires of the heart and the appetite of indulging all things and excited and inflames our pleasures. Amen lust I, I gotta have you can always associate lust when you say I won't Paul says God says I will supply all your need not your want so if you want it it's a probably a lust if it's a need God knows and God is well pleased Amen. Hallelujah. Because you'll put your trust in Him. Lust of the flesh. Amen. Notice these three things that you read about in John is the same three things that Satan killed Eve and Adam in the garden with. Lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. The same three things he hit Eve and Adam with in the garden. It was the same three things that he hit Jesus with in the wilderness. If you be the Son of God, turn this bread. Lust of the flesh. Amen. Took him up, tried to give himself. Lust of the eye and the pride of life. Amen. He's going to use the same three on you. The lust of the eye. The eyes are delighted with riches and, and, and rich possessions. This is lust covetousness. What do you think they put the most beautiful car in the showroom? <laughs> so you lust after it. That's right. As soon as you walk into the place, they want you to be able to come through the showroom. So you see the most beautiful car that they have and begin to lust at it. And then they want you to sit in it. Sit it. They show you all the bells and whistles. So you get the lust in after it. And then they say things like, you need this. You, yeah. 
See, they're trying to play on your heart and your flesh and your eyes. Amen. And then they say, man, you drive down the road, you drop the top down. Man, everybody's going to be waving and hollering. They're trying to get you the pride of life. See? See, the pride of life says, I want people to applaud me. I want people to honor me. See? That's what happens here. And so God is trying to get us to see, amen, in this thing. He says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So who's priority one? Amen. Paul says to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Jesus says you can't serve two masters. For either you're going to love the one and you're going to hate the other, or you're going to like the one and despise the other. You can't serve both God and riches. Amen. You have to realize that God must be first in your life. Amen. And Jesus says, I have overcome the world. In other words, I have not given in to it. I have not attached myself to it. I have not let it control my life. Amen. I have put it under my feet. Praise God. We have got to understand that the world is not to control you. You are to control the world. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Jesus says in John 15, 18, he says, if the world hate you, you know it hated him. Before it hated you. So if people hate you because you're a Christian, you should rejoice. You should get excited. Woo! That's what Peter said. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fire trials, which is to try you, but rejoice. Why? Because you're becoming a partaker of Christ's suffering. Jesus says, if the world hate you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, John 15, verse 18 and 19, he says, if you were of the world, the world would love you. It would love you. But because you're not of the world, but I chose you out of the world. Therefore, the world hates you. The people that's in the world that hate you for being a Christian, guarantee you, if they was on the other side, if God had already pulled them out of the world, they wouldn't treat you that way. you got to realize this. God has pulled you out. This is what Peter says. You are chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy people that you should show forth the praises of Him which has called you out of darkness unto His marvelous light. Amen. Don't conform to the world. Don't love this world. Jesus has overcome this world. Satan hates you because he poured you out from all that mess. Amen. And so you have to realize how much God really loves you. Amen. Paul says, don't you know that the Unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor feminists, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor any other creature. Amen. You cannot inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But you're washed. But you're sanctified and you're justified in the name of the Lord and by the Spirit of our God. All things is lawful. But all things are not expedient. All things are lawful, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Amen. James says in James 4, 4, that friendship with the world makes you enemies of God. Love not this world. Let it go. This world is not your home. If you try to put stakes down... It's going to keep you here. And Peter tells us, frankly, the Lord is not slack concerning His promise. As some men count slack, but He's long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, 
but that all should come to repentance. For the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which this world will melt with a fervent heat. Amen. But you and I, we're looking for another place. We're looking for a better city. We're looking for a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Amen. So number one, don't love the world. Amen. Number two, Romans 12, 1 and 2, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as liveth and sacrifices holy and acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Point two, don't conform to the world. See, once you are born again, you are to conform now to Christ. You are to let your light shine that men will see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Not to conform to this world. Don't fashion like. Don't conform to the same patterns. Don't fashion yourselves according to the world. Don't conform your mind and your character to another pattern. Amen. Don't look like. Don't act like. Don't dress like the world. Amen. You know what is classified as the world. You got to be led by the Spirit of God. If any time you go to buy something or do something and you get a check in your spirit, it should be a call to your mind from God to leave it alone. Stay with me. Lot conformed to Sodom. Conformity starts with just a little bit. A little dab here, a little dab there. Amen. Amen. It's just a little bit of conformity. Amen. That destroy your character and destroy who you are. Amen. Lot conformed to the world, but he start with uh, when he first, amen, began to Abraham to talk. Amen. He let pride get into his eyes. Uh, he let his eyes look on the plains, the Bible says. Uh, he saw that the plains uh, was well watered everywhere. That lust of the eye began to get into his eyes. Amen. And he began to realize, amen, that if I put my stuff here, then I'm going to be okay. Lust of the flesh. Amen. And then all of a sudden, the pride of life got into his life. Amen. But the Bible says he start with pitching his tent towards Sodom. Amen. When he should have pitched his tent the other way, he pitched his tent towards the world. And if you pitch your tent towards the world, rest assured the world is going to lure you. It's going to pull you. And when we find Lot in Sodom, amen, where is he at when the angels come? He's in the gate, amen. Usually in the Old Testament, when it talks about being in the gate, the gate is always a place of judgment. It is a place where they dealt with justice and righteous issues. So apparently, Lot was some kind of figure inside of Sodom uh, that he was used to bring about judgment and things, but yet he has allowed himself to conform to the things in Sodom and Gomorrah. He has got himself so hooked into it that he can't get out. Peter says of him, he vexed his soul from day to day, hearing and seeing all the unrighteous conversations and things that was going on in there. And when God sent his angels to deliver him, he didn't want to go. He didn't want to leave. Amen. He wanted to stay. His own children had become so attached uh, to the world that they were in. He couldn't even convince his own kids uh, that they needed to get out, that God was going to destroy the land. My brothers and sisters, there should never be a time in your life as a Holy Ghost-filled person that you cannot convince your own children that it's time for them to flee from the world to come, amen, and that this world is going to be destroyed, amen. You've got to come out of the world yourself uh, and be committed to the things of God and so that they can see truth in you. 
Lot is in the gate. He don't want to leave. And the Bible says he vexed his soul from day to day. The vex your soul mean that he was tormented and in pain. He wanted to leave, but he had attached himself. There are those you and I know that has been born again that are out there. They have put themselves in a predicament that now is tormenting them. And they're in pain and suffering because they don't know how to get out of it. And the angels had to pull Lot out. And the first thing the angel said to Lot is escape for your life. Told Timothy, he says, flee youthful lusts which war against your soul and follow righteousness and peace and faith with charity with them which call on the Lord out of a pure heart. In other words, Paul says, run. Don't allow this world, amen, to cling to you. Run. Flee means to run. It don't mean to take a stroll. It don't mean to take an easy walk. It means to run. Sometimes you've got to run when they're offering you things, amen, they're trying to get you to drink. They're trying to get you to smoke. They're trying to get you to conform to the world. You've got to say, I'm sorry, I'm out of here. You've got to run. You've got to flee. Amen. Get to a higher place. Lord, lift me up and let me stand by faith on heaven's table land, a higher plane than I have found. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Flee, run, escape. Get out of there. Amen. Don't stand when you know this world is going to be destroyed. Now is the acceptable time. Now is the day of salvation. For our salvation is nearer than when we first believe. Amen. The ladies are told lot number two. He says, don't look behind you. Because if you turn around and you look back, amen, you're going to want to go back. This is why Jesus says, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. You've got to stay focused. Where you going? Set your affections up high. Paul says, I have not obtained, but this one thing I do, I forget those things which are behind, and I reach forth to those things which are before. I press towards the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Set your affection where you're going. He says, don't look back. Amen. But we know that Miss Lot decided to turn around and she became a pillar of salt. Because she looked back. She failed to violate the instructions. Neither stay in the plane. Number three. He says, don't go back where you came from because it was the planes that got you in this mess to start with. You saw it was well water. You saw it was green. Amen. You saw what you thought was going to be good for you. He says, so don't go back into that spot. You got to get into a different place lot. Amen. Don't stop in the low grounds. Don't stop where it looks good. Don't stop in the church just because they got a good choir. Don't stop in a place just because they got a good preacher. But you need to get on, on above. You need to get to a higher place. And that's where number four, he says, get to the mountain, get to higher ground, get to a better place. Amen. Get up higher and higher. Set your hopes on things above, not on things of this earth. Amen. Get up higher than you were before. Amen. And number five, he says, unless you be consumed. In other words, if you don't get higher, if you don't get higher and higher in God, if you don't focus where you're going. He says you're going to be consumed in this world. Amen. Because God is going to destroy this place. And so you and I, we must escape to higher ground. We've got to get higher in Christ than we've ever been before. Amen. Now is not the time to stay in the plane. Now is not the time to look back and wonder what is going on. Now is the time to run to the high mountain. 
Now is the time to get higher and higher in Christ. Conformity starts uh, with just a little bit. Uh, a little bit here, a little bit there. A little makeup here, a little blush here, a little wool here, one tattoo here, one tattoo there, one body pierce here, one body pierce there. And the next thing you know, you're conforming to the world. It's just a little bit like a snowball rolling down the thigh of a snow-covered hill. It's growing. It's growing. It gets bigger and bigger. Notice the world. Why does the world, as soon as a baby girl is born, they feel like they got to pierce their ears? Immediately, they're conforming them to the world. Why do we think that we have to have all the makeup and everything to be, to, to be a lady? Or why do we think we got to have the latest hairdo and the, the latest style to be a man? We conform easily to this world. See, we have to realize that all that is in the world, Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Amen. I see some of the latest hairdos and latest clothing that are worn. Amen. That are worldly. Most of us know what a tire of a hooker looks like on the corner. But it's slowly entering into the church. It's slowly conforming. To the church. Oh, you can do this. You can do that. Conformity to this world. We complain about all these politicians and their mess. But you know what the Bible says? Speak evil of no man. Conformity. We listen and we conform. We pick up the same things that they're doing and saying. It's just a little bit. A little here, a little there. And before you know it, you are just like they are. They're trapped and they can't get away. They was once walking the same truth you were walking. But they felt it was okay to just do a little bit here and a little bit there. Why is it you can be on time to go to work, but you can't be on time for church? That's a sign of conformity to the world. It's taken its slow pace, and for soon you will realize it doesn't really matter. Now, how many of you probably have heard people say, oh, you don't need to go to church to be saved? That's conformity to the world's ways. Stay with me. Jesus says in his word, be not conformed to the world. Listen to the Holy Ghost speak to you. When sports is more important to you than God, you're starting to conform to the world. When making an extra buck is more important to you than the things of God, you're starting to conform to the world. Conformity is a bait stick, just like cheese on a mouse trap. It entices and it pulls until it destroys you. The rat just thinks the cheese on the trap is something good to eat. He doesn't see the other piece that will come across and destroy him. Did you know that when Jesus says offenses would come, what he's calling it? Bait stick. In other words, it will trap you. It will snare you. Amen. Lot began to pitch his tent towards the world. And he wind up vexing his soul. Torment. Why? Because all that is in the world, the world is tribulations and torment. Amen. Amen. That will take place. Don't look back. 
Don't dwell in the plains. Get higher in Christ. That people can see Christ in you. If the angel had not pulled them out, he would have been destroyed with the rest of the people in Sodom and Gomorrah. Amen. The only reason I believe that the angel pulled him out was because of Abraham. That's the only reason I believe the angel took him out was because of Abraham. Abraham was interceding for him. And this is why Jude says, But you, beloved, you keep yourself in the love of God. Amen. Oh, some have compassion. Make a difference. Pulling them out of the fire. Hating even their garments spotted by the flesh. And this is what you and I have got to do. We don't conform to the world. We've got to pull them out of the world. Amen. Because if I conform to the world, I'm not going to pull anybody out of the world. I'm going to destroy myself in the world. Amen. This world will consume you. It will destroy you. Amen. Satan wants you to conform to the world because he knows if he can get you to conform to the world, then you're going to miss the mark of the prize. You're going to miss the place that Jesus has for you. Amen. So don't become a stumbling block. So come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Lord, uh, and touch not the unclean things, uh, and I will receive you to myself. Therefore, having these promises, dearly beloved, let's cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit and perfect holiness and the fear of God. The holiness is nothing but separation. That's what it is. It's separating from the world. Number three, to get out the world. Set your affections on things above and not on things of this earth. Paul says in Colossians 3, 1 and 2, If you didn't be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above and not on things of this earth. Why are you a Christian? If somebody asked you that, what would you tell them? Why are you a Christian? Why do you go to church? Why do you read your Bible? Why do you pray? Why do you give tithes and offerings? Why? Why? You know, I'm not looking for an answer. I just want you to think about this for a second. Why are you doing it? If you don't want to go to heaven. It, I think that's our goal. I think that's why we're doing this, is to reign with Christ forever and ever. So my affections, it's got to be on things above, not on things of this earth. Amen. And this is what the, the writers are trying to get us to see. We're going to a better place. Amen. So if I'm going to heaven, amen, then that's where I'm going to lay up my treasures. Because where my treasure is, that's where my heart is going to be. My, if my heart is in this world, amen, that's where my treasures are going to be. But if I lay my treasures up in heaven with Christ, I'm going to do everything to get there. Amen. Set your mind on things above. You have to strive, amen, to get to this place. Amen. If you want to go to heaven, put your heaven on your mind. You can talk about me. You can say what you want to say. I don't have time to waste. Amen. Worrying about all the things the world and the people are saying. Why? Because my mind is made up because I'm going to heaven. So set your affections on things above and not on things of this earth. Paul says it's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of a living God. We're going to heaven. Don't you want to go? Jesus says, I've overcome. So be of good cheer. Amen. Get excited. Because he's given you the power to overcome too. 
You should be excited that you're a Christian. You should be excited that God has took you out of that world. Amen. You should be excited that you don't have to go through the trials and the troubles and all the things they're doing out there. Amen. That God has set you at liberty. Amen. That you can put your trust in Him. That you can run to Him. Because the name of the Lord is a strong tower. All the promises in the book of mine. Amen. Every verse, every chapter, every line. I have an anchor of hope, which is both sure and steadfast and unmovable, amen, that will not fade away, amen. Jesus is my rock. Jesus is my higher ground. He is my hope. He is my all. And if He overcome, and He has told me that I can overcome, I'm an overcomer, amen. Nothing shall be able to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, my Lord, neither height, nor depth, nor ages, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. Nothing shall separate me. Amen. Notice what John writes in 1 John chapter 5, verse 1 through 8. And I'm getting ready to, to finish here. Whosoever, 1 John chapter 5, verse 1 through 8. Whosoever believe that Jesus is the Christ, is born of God, and everyone that loveth him that begotteth loveth him also that is begotten of him. You love Jesus, you love God, because you can't separate the two. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. For whatsoever is born of God, overcome the world. Notice, if you're born again, you overcome the world. You got baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost because you was tired of the world. So the world should not even have any pull in your life. That's why you did it. Get out the world. Jesus drew you. With love and kindness. And you says, man, I need to be born again. I see the word. I need to be born again. Of the water and the spirit. So you are an overcomer by just getting baptized in Jesus' name. Amen. Number two. And this is the victory that overcome the world. Even our faith. Amen. We walk by faith and not by sight. Paul told the church of Corinth. He says, I didn't come preaching to you with enticing words of men's wisdom. But I came in the demonstration and the power of Almighty God. That your faith should not stand in man, but in the power of God. Your faith should be advancing more and more. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And the way you overcome this world, point two, is with your faith. Amen. Because we walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. We got to have our faith rooted and grounded in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. There's nothing impossible for God. He can do all things. Amen. And our faith should be higher than it was when we first believed. You'll come this world with your faith. And number three, who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Now let me explain that scripture. What he's saying there is this, that whosoever believe that Jesus is the Son is saying, you believe that Jesus is God. Because see, the Jews knew that when that passage was said like that, the Son of God, they were saying that He was God. As long as He says Son of Man, they was pretty well okay with that. But as soon as He says Son of God, that means He is God. This is why when you read John 10, Jesus says, I and my Father are one. And they took up stones to, to stone him. And Jesus said, "By now, let me ask you, what good work are you going to stone me for? They say, for good works, we're not. But because you're being a man, make yourself God. And Jesus says to them, let me read it to you here. Amen. And the last part, uh, John 10, 30. Uh, eight here. He says, 
I say unto you, your gods, if, if you call them gods of whom the world came, the scripture cannot be broken. Say ye not. Say ye of him whom the Father hath sanctified and sent into the world, thou blasphemest, because I say I am the Son of God. If I do not the works of my Father, believe me not. But if I do, though you believe me not, believe the works that you may know and believe that the Father is in me and I am him. See, so you overcome when you understand the oneness of God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. The Lord our God is one Lord, and you must love him with all your heart and your mind and your soul and your strength. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received back up in the glory. So John gives us three quick points how to overcome the world. Be born again. Amen. Believe in your faith. Amen. And believe that Jesus is God and you can overcome this thing. Amen. And he goes on and tells us, Amen, to not love the world, not to conform to the world, and to set your affections on things above and not on things of this earth. Amen. And I want to encourage you today to be of good cheer the same way Moses chose to suffer with the people of God than to endure the pleasures of sin for a season. Amen. For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Even Rahab, even though she was a harlot, she realized, amen, that I'm not going to perish with the rest of the people in the city of Jericho. Amen. She began to hide the spies, and the Bible says, amen, that she did not perish with them, but we find Rahab in the lineage line of Jesus Christ because she made a vow that I'm getting out of this mess. Amen. And you have to vow yourselves that, that I'm not staying in this world. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. Elijah, he challenged them, 450 prophets. Amen. A bell. He says, "You, if God is God, then let him be God. Amen. If Baal is your God, then choose him. But I don't know about you, but as for me and my house, Joshua says, we're going to serve the Lord. Lord. We got to get to the higher plane. We got to get to the higher plateau and run from this world. Amen. Because Jesus overcame and you must overcome too. <laughs> Let's stay. Amen. Do you feel the world is tugging at you? Do you feel the world is trying to pull you away from where God is leading you. If it is, I want to encourage you today. We overcome. We're overcomers. Amen. We believe we've been born again. We got faith in Christ. Amen. We got our faith and we believe there's one God. Jesus is that God. So don't let the world deceive you. Don't let the world pull you away from the things of God. We're going to a better place. This world is not our home. Our treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. So I want to encourage you today. Let the world go. Yes. Let it go. Don't hold on to it. Because if you hold on to it, it's bound to consume you. It's big. It's a big place out there. And it will swallow you up if you allow it to. But I want to encourage you this morning. Build your faith on Christ. Build your faith in the love of Christ. And allow God to have his way in your life. These altars are open this morning. If you want to come and pray at the altar this morning to encourage yourself in the Lord. Amen. And build your faith again. And Continue to run with the Lord. Amen. Continually. Amen. Looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen. As they 